Do you like the feeling of power you have as a newspaper proprietor of being able to sort of formulate policies for a large number of newspapers in every state of Australia? Well, there's only one honest answer to that, of course, and that's yes. Of course one enjoys the feeling of power. The newspaper can create great controversies, stir up uh, arguments within the community, discussion, it can throw light on injustices, just as it can do the opposite. It can hide things uh, and be a great power for evil. It's not a perfect system, obviously, but can you think of a better one? Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Murdocracy, the podcast that keeps an eye on the news and influence of News Corp, the most influential media company in the Western world. This is part two of a two-part series we're doing on a backgrounder, a, a biography of News Corp itself, the organization of which we spent so much time studying, focusing on and analyzing. Cam Wilson is still away on leave. He'll be back next week, at which point we'll return to regular programming and scheduling, you know, with our guests and our chit-chat and all those things. But I thought we'd take this time to do this kind of deep dive and see how it goes. So, when we left off last week, it was 1952, and Sir Keith Murdoch had just died, handing his young son, Rupert, ownership of an Adelaide tabloid, The News, and its parent company, News Limited. While Keith was ambitious, that pales in comparison to his son's boundless appetite and energy. Contemporaries of the time describe a 22-year-old who never grew tired, was always running up and down stairs in his office, and clearly had bigger ideas than his father even. Which is probably why, 15 years later, Rupert Murdoch had amassed a portfolio of newspapers worth more than $50 million. In Jerome Tussil's book, Rupert Murdoch, creator of a worldwide media empire, Murdoch is quoted as saying, I was brought up in a publishing home, a newspaper man's home, and was excited by that, I suppose. I saw that life at close range and, after the age of 10 or 12, never really considered any other. And he lived that description. At Geelong Grammar School as a child, he was the co-editor of the school's official journal and editor of the student journal. He interned at the Melbourne Herald and, while at Oxford University, managed the Oxford Student Publications Limited. Interestingly, he was also, while at Oxford, a committed communist with a bust of Lenin in his room and was nicknamed Red Rupert. So, yeah, you know, some things, they change, it seems. After his father's death, Rupert had to liquidate the family stake in the Melbourne Herald for tax purposes. But any shortfall in the News Limited empire was quickly filled up when in 1956 he bought the failing Sunday Times in Perth. Then a whole slew of other newspapers in various states, including the Daily Mirror in Sydney, which he turned into a massive success. The key to that success, which he replicated for almost all his publications, was what The Economist has called the creation of the modern tabloid. Eye-catching headlines, sports and scandal. Early on, he'd identified the human hunger for gossip and the role of newspapers in feeding that hunger. It's the kind of inventiveness and innovation along with the single-minded focus that reminds one of great inventors and effective serial killers. It wasn't until 1964 that he finally established the national broadsheet, The Australian. Since then, the paper has covered such notable stories as the Australian Wheat Board funneling hundreds of millions of dollars to Saddam Hussein in 2005, several investigative articles about the Kevin Rudd government's Building the Education Revolution policy, and Yasmin Abdul-Majid's Facebook. So, you know, clearly a national resource, I guess. 
Rupert Murdoch had also started expanding News Limited's remit beyond just newspapers, buying an ailing record label, Festival Records, in 1961. Within a few years, he turned it into such a success that up to 90% of its annual profit was used to subsidize his other media ventures, and it was still successful. While touring New Zealand 1964 with friends, Murdoch read of a takeover bid for a Wellington paper by a British-based Canadian newspaper magnate. On the spur of the moment, he launched a counterbid in the same way that you and I might impulse buy a nice pair of pants. A four-way battle for control ensued in which the 32-year-old Murdoch was ultimately successful. This became News Limited's first international investment. By 1968, he had plunged into the British market, acquiring several British tabloids, including News of the World and The Sun. In 1973, the first foray into the United States began with the purchase of the San Antonio Express and News and the New York Post in 1976. By this point, Rupert Murdoch had a system. Profitable businesses were used to subsidize new acquisitions, which were almost always pre-established loss-making newspapers. He then turned the new business around by introducing radical management and editorial changes and fighting no-holds-barred circulation wars with his competitors, things that he was able to do because of his unique micromanagement style. Up until now, all these investments had been done under the News Limited umbrella. In 1979, however, Murdoch established News Corporation, a holding company for News Limited. Hey Sammy, I hear you ask, what's a holding company? Fair question. I had to look it up to be sure myself. Basically, a holding company is a company that doesn't actually produce any goods or services on its own. Its entire purpose is to hold controlling interests in other companies. So in this case, News Corporation or News Corp, holds News Limited, or as it's now known, News Corp Australia, along with News UK, which owns all the Murdoch British Press, New York Post, HarperCollins, and hundreds of other smaller companies. All of this is possible because the parent holding company reduces the overall risk for the shareholders. Got it? Not really? Okay, look, look at it this way. News Limited had been set up to buy newspapers, and it did that. But by now, Rupert Murdoch has started to realize his appetite was too small for one medium. By 1984, he'd bought a sizable stake in 20th Century Fox Film Corporation, buying it from oil magnate Mark Rich, who had just been sent to jail for trading with Iran during the height of the hostage crisis. And by 1985, Murdoch had become a US citizen so he could own local TV stations. That same year, his sizable stake in the 20th Century Fox became complete ownership and wasn't long before Murdoch owned TV stations, movie studios, record labels, magazines, and of course, newspapers across America. And all of them sitting under the umbrella of News Corporation. By the late 1980s, Murdoch had broken the control printing unions had over British newspapers by creating new facilities that combined modern computing with newer printing technology within the offices of the newspapers themselves. What's now known as the Wapping Dispute led directly to the severe decline of trade union influence in the UK and to a revolution in newspaper publishing practices globally. If you want more information on this, I highly recommend listening to David Dimbleby's excellent podcast miniseries, The Sun King on Audible. It even gets into the phone hacking scandal of News of the World and the origins of Fox News in far greater detail than I will manage here. 
If this bio attempted to be even vaguely comprehensive, you'd be listening to me spending the next three hours minimum just listing businesses that News Corporation bought and sold, like how it acquired publisher Harper Row and merged with another publisher, William Collins and Sons, in 1989 to form Harper Collins, or how between 1993 and 1995 it acquired the Hong Kong-based Star TV, which basically led to the boom of satellite TV in large parts of Asia. Asia and introduced me to Baywatch and MTV in Pakistan, two things that led an indelible mark on my psyche. By 1988, he'd launched Sky News in Britain, which became the first 24-hour news station in Britain by 1997, although Murdoch sold his interest in it by 2018. Sky News in the UK, then, is no longer part of News Corp, the way its Australian counterpart still remains. The Australian TV market was a harder one to break into as cross-media ownership laws prevented anyone from owning a newspaper and a TV station in the same city, necessitating the creation of Australian News Channel, a subsidiary of News Corp Australia in 1996, just to launch Sky News. Murdoch lobbied aggressively to have these laws changed, which he was finally able to do under a Liberal Party government in 2007. Sky News is now wholly owned by News Corp Australia. There have been scandals a many and controversies without end. Fox News became a thing in 1996, created to appeal to a conservative audience and placed under the stewardship of Roger Ailes, a media consultant for Nixon, Reagan and Bush Sr., who resigned in 2016 after being accused of long-term sexual harassment by many female employees. In 2009, The Guardian reported on News of the World and several other of Murdoch's UK papers hacking the phones of public figures, celebrities and politicians. One of the figures who's been described as personally responsible for encouraging this behaviour was the Daily Mirror editor at the time, Piers Morgan, whose new talk show is launching this year under the News UK banner and will be syndicated to Sky News in Australia. In 2005, News Corporation purchased MySpace. The Wall Street Journal joined the family in 2007 for the bargain price of $6 billion. And on and on. By 2013, News Corporation was the world's largest media company in terms of total assets and the fourth largest in terms of revenue. But the scandals were catching up. There was the phone hacking in the UK, along with an editor being caught bribing police for exclusives on stories that led, according to the editor himself, to the suicide of the subject of those stories. In the US, there were the FBI investigations into the phones of 9-11 victims being allegedly hacked, potential misleading of investors by senior executives, and bribing a member of the US military to obtain a photo of an imprisoned Saddam Hussein wearing only underwear. And in Australia, allegations were made that a news corporation subsidiary had used hackers to undermine pay TV rivals in Australia and elsewhere. Some of the victims of the alleged hacking, such as Allstar, were later taken over by Murdoch's company. And so, in 2013, Murdoch split News Corporation into two publicly traded companies. News Corp, which was responsible for publishing and Australian broadcasting assets, and 21st Century Fox, which consisted primarily of media outlets. Rupert Murdoch remains chairman for both companies. Indeed, the News Corp logo is his handwriting. Whatever opinions you might have of Rupert Murdoch, 
It's worth pointing out the sheer size of his achievement. Inheriting a family newspaper didn't need to result in, the multi, in a multinational mega corporation. Indeed, the children of many media moguls have gone on to squander their parental gifts. And whether that's what his own children do remains to be seen in both real life and the next season of Succession. But in the meantime, for us here in Australia, News Corp Australia remains a gigantic presence in our media landscape with more than 8,000 staff nationwide and owning everything from approximately 142 newspapers, 30 magazine titles, digital media like realestate.com.au, taste.com.au, a 65% ownership of Foxtel and shares in the Brisbane Broncos NRL team. And as we've detailed on recent episodes of Murdocracy, News Corp Australia are on a buying spree of digital content creation companies these days that shows that they have their sights firmly on dominating the future as well. Next week, Cameron Wilson will be back, as will our regular broadcasting. If you enjoyed listening to this deep dive as much as I did creating it, let us know on the Facebook page or our Twitter or even our Patreon. There's a lot more that we can deep dive into within the Newscope multiverse. So if there's any particular subjects you'd like me to focus on, do let me know. I'm more than happy to oblige. Otherwise, we'll see you right back here next week on Murdocracy. Bye.